Welcome to Up To and Including Death. My name is Dr. Patricia Brewer. I'm John Brewer. And today we have a special treat. It is a treat of a treat. You know, it's not every day that your favorite podcast decides to review the last three movies in a series. Yeah, I suppose that's an odd choice. Yeah, but I think that's what stands us out. Amongst other things. Amongst other things. Yeah. <laughs> so, we are here today. Last week, we watched the most boring movie on the world in the world. It was so boring. Don't look now. Yeah. And I realized afterwards, like I was driving on my way to work the next day, thinking like, wait, I don't think that we actually did a Brewer's Brews or Gross's Corner. Because it was so boring... That yep. we couldn't just admit how many drinks we'd had. No, yeah, we didn't have that. that many, actually. And then, also, there was nothing particularly gross. No. Maybe his neck getting hacked, but it just was just, like, boring. It was boring. And not even in a gross way, just in a... The plot can happen at any moment. This probably could have been a very short, short story. Maybe a bit of flash fiction. Guy freaks out and then gets murdered. Sure, or he sees the future or some, you know. Bullshit. That's the only interesting part, I guess, because he could see the future, and we didn't find that out until the last five minutes of the movie. Yeah, and then it turns out he's just bad at it. Yeah. Doesn't know what it is that he's seeing. He has a little bit of the shine. Kind oh, of. gosh. I think there's a cat in the closet that's going to jump. Oh, they're climbing up my wardrobe, actually. Hey! What are you doing? Hi, Loki. Loki's climbing up strange parts of the closet. Uh, <laughs> we had good news today about the house, didn't we? Yeah. The appraisal came back well. It's about fifteen grand over what we're paying for it. Thirteen grand over what we're paying for it. So we're going to be good to go. Yeah, sounds Maybe, like it. Might be moving next week. Possibly. I thought you said two weeks. No, next week. Oh. Okay. Yeah, the end of next week, though. Yeah. Yeah, we'll be fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be quite the move, I think, moving on the same day. But everything's fine. And today, we don't have to talk about scary mo- or bad movies. We get to talk about fun movies. Yeah, even if it's bad, it's going to be fun. Okay, Loki's doing something he's never done. And I'm fr- afraid he's going to break his leg. He's climbing on one side of the closet... On the clothes as they were hanging on top of the hangers. Yeah. I don't know how how he hasn't fallen, but I'm pretty sure he's going to ruin some of my clothes. He's going to fall. There's like no other way out. I don't... I really wish that these curtains weren't in the way, because I can see his butt. He's going to fall. I mean, there's no... Yeah, this this plan that he's got... I don't know what his plan is, but it's Uh, not... Oh, now he's backing up. He's realized that he's made a mistake. Oh, and... He's kind of panicking a little. You think I should help him? I think you should help him. Okay. That you, is pure cat panic. Why don't you tell us about the movie we're going to watch while I help him? Well, we are going to watch Saw, the final chapter. Loki, what the fuck? Yeah? So, sometimes called Saw 3D, <laughs> yeah. as it was released in the theaters. Okay, calm down, man. Yeah? When all the rage was 3D films. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was like a very specific time period. What year did this come out? <laughs> It's just fun. I don't think anybody can hear you, but yes. Okay, okay. It came out in 2010. (laughs) Loki. Okay, came out in 2010. You're gonna have to do some serious editing. No, I'm not. It's gonna be fine. I can see my phonemes and my plosives and stuff. Okay. Okay. 
Okay, it came out in 2010. Directed by Kevin Grutert and written by Patrick Melton and Marcus Dunstan. Uh-huh. And it stars Tobin Bell, but he's he got his top billing, but he's only in for three minutes of screen time. Okay. Yikes. That was... I was worried that he was going to... He was, like, stuck in the closet between the bar and nothing. So I kept trying to reduce the number of, like, things he was standing on. But I don't know what happened. It was just very bizarre. And now he's sitting at the end of the bed, flipping his tail like nothing happened. No. Just angry that he spoiled his fun. <laughs> yeah. His fun of almost dying. And now Lola, his little sister, is looking like she wants to try this out too. Anyway. Okay. I'm sorry. So it, it stars Tobin Bell. But he's he only in it for, for a hot second. He has three minutes of screen time. Okay. Who else? Oh, we also got Costas Mandalore. Okay. He was the crooked cop from the previous Oh, one. yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got Betsy Russell. Yeah. Sean Patrick Flannery. Excellent. And the return of Carrie Elvis. That seems like it's going to be a spoiler. What do you think so? I think I got spoiled on this one at some point in the past, but I mean, who knows with everything going on with, with this stuff. Now, oh. here's what I thought I would do before you continue. I want to give a little breakdown of what happened in Saw 6. So, there's been six episodes. And we kind of did a breakdown of it a few episodes ago. Or six episodes of Saw, or six films in the series so far. And some, I mean, they're pretty great. <laughs> they're pretty fun. They're pretty wild. And episode six is pretty wild. So, in episode six, um, Mark Hoffman, who is the, the crooked... Uh, wait, uh, he is the crooked guy, right? The crooked um, cop. Oh, yeah. I was yeah. thinking of his real name. No, yeah. What, like, that's not his name. Sean Patrick Flannery? I was thinking no. of Mark Wahlberg. Or oh, Mar- yeah, yeah, yeah. Marky not, Mark's brother. Yes. Patrick Wahlberg. Not Patrick. What's his name? It's, um... What are the Donnie. Wahlberg? Donnie Wahlberg. Anyway, so Mark Hoffman is the crooked cop who is the one, or detective, that is the one that um, has been behind a lot of things. He has killed the FBI agent Peter Strom and gotten one of his hands... And used the fingerprints on the hand to, like, implicate him as being the Jigsaw dude. Um, And he's done a lot of crazy things. And one of the things that's being done is a, you know, the underlying thing that's happening is a insurance executive that sells health insurance is having to, like, decide which of his members of his group have to die until they're all dead. And then he gets killed by someone whose dad was, like, killed by him because he denied his insurance. Yeah. Because of a pre-existing condition or something like that. Which, as an insurance person now, as a benefits advisor, I get it. Like, I get why people are upset. Um, it sounds, and, and this guy is definitely portrayed as being a bad boy. So, now, at the same time, Mark Hoffman, uh, the bad boy... Uh, bad boy detective uh, has been put into a trap by the wife uh, of Tobin Bell. Jigsaw. Of Jigsaw. Because the because Jigsaw knew that he was a bad boy. And so she was told by her husband to do... And this is like a box... Like two episodes... Or two movies ago. We knew that she had a box and she had something to do, but we didn't know what it was. And it was this. She had to go and... and Because she's been carrying this key around her neck since the first time she's even been seen. Yeah. It's all circles within circles, man. It's pretty amazing. So anyway, um, the detective is able to get the thing off of his head in enough time, but he does slice his face open in the process, and I think that's about where we're left off. Yeah. Well, we can give you a quick uh, plot point of this film. Yeah. 
is that as a fierce battle rages over Jigsaw's terrible legacy, survivors seek support from a fellow survivor and self-help guru who has a few dark secrets of his own. Ooh. Meanwhile, crooked cop Hoffman seeks revenge against Jigsaw's wife and an author who has his own story. Interesting. That's great. I'm looking forward to it. Why don't, why don't you give us a little bit more information about this? I want to know what the what the people think. What are the critics' reviews? Well, it's not great. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes critic score is 10%. That's, you know what? That's one, 10 out of, 1 out of 10. It's not bad. Users have it at 44% on Rotten That's Tomatoes. almost half. IMDb has it at a 5.6. That's so low. Wait, out of what? Out of 10. Oh, okay. So it's a little better than the Rotten Tomatoes users. Yeah. Uh, the Metacritic score is 24 out of 100. Okay. Which is a little better than the critical reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. And I've got to say, I haven't seen this film yet, but it is bullshit that Don't Look Now has higher scores than it. It has way higher scores. It has way higher scores and it's so boring. Uh, here's some, some critic reviews. It's really easy to find the negatives, okay. but I thought this was the one that probably sums it up the best. Okay. Jordan Cruciola from New York Magazine said Saw 3D may just be the sawiest Saw film of them all. I don't understand why that's a negative review. I don't either. It's like, yo, so you mean it's high octane fun and it's ridiculous? Hard to find a positive review, but I found one from Jim Shrembry from The Age in Australia. Okay. Fast-paced and straight-faced and full of ew moments that play up the film's effectively cheesy use of 3D. Oh, we don't get to watch it We won't be watching this in 3D, 3D, so... Yeah. But it did pretty well at the box office. Yeah. It cost $20 million to make. So it's one of the most expensive ones. This one and the last one were both $20 million to make. But... On the opening weekend, it made twenty-two and a half million. Jeepers. It ended up grossing worldwide of over a hundred and thirty-six million. You know that is not too bad. No, and considering this was supposed to be a two-part movie, really. But because Saw Six did so poorly, mm-hmm. they chopped it down into one. Oh, I wonder if that means that it's not as like good well, as it would have been. I was looking up little facts about this without getting spoilers. Yeah. And Carrie Elwes was out of Saw for so long because he had sued them Oh, over disputes over his salary. So this was his big return after oh. the lawsuits were all settled. Okay. Settled out of court. And uh, he wanted it to make it to the final entry of the series. So that's why they wanted to make it a two-parter. He was going to come in at the last you know, of the second. You know, that's so interesting because that was like his comeback movie kind of. But also a lot of people saw that movie, the first one, because they were like, oh, Princess Pride guy's in it. Okay. So, like, they, I feel like a lot of people gave Saw a chance because of Carrie Elwes. Possibly. I remembered him best from Robin Hood Men in Tights. Well, dude, that's a fantastic movie. Dave Chappelle is great in that one. What makes you think you're the best Robin Hood? Because unlike those other Robin Hoods, I have a British accent. Mm. That's not actually how it says it. I always love the Hey Blinken jokes. <laughs> Oh, it's a good film. We should watch that. This had to be submitted six times to get an R rating. Instead of like... NC-17. Wow. And uh, the garage trap scene in this film, which I don't know anything about. Okay. But it was written for an earlier film in the series, but the producers felt it was too disturbing to show in a film. (laughs) For an unknown reason, they finally allowed it to be filmed. So there's a trap in this movie... That is somehow worse than... I mean, every trap is... 
There's one. What? Yep. There's one where someone gets their rib cage opened up like an angel. Yeah, we'll have to check. The, oh, and and Chester Bennington, the lead singer of Lincoln Park, makes an appearance in this film as well. Well, of course, why not? Yep. All right. Well, do you think that we should watch this? I think we should. This is awesome. Let's go. It's the saw-iest saw movie that we ever saw. There's three saws in the opening scene. <laughs> in the opening scene. It's Saw 3D, three saws. And a three-way. Yeah. There's two bros that were mad at each other because of the B-I-T-C-H they went to high school together with who always had them do illegal things. And she told the one guy that she thought was winning she loved him. She told the other guy when he was winning that she loved him. And they're like, we're breaking up with you, bitch. And yep. then she got broken in half. And there was lots of organ meat. Yep. Which I wonder if that was a 3D part or something guessing, like that. probably. Yeah. It probably looked pretty cool with all the blood spurting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet it did. I bet it did. Very subtle. <laughs> that was a Saw pretty sawy thing. Saw is not subtle. This was also public. This was in front of, like, yeah. in the middle of a town square. How they were able to set that up with no one, no one seeing and there are no recordings is anybody's guess. Yeah, they're not going to explain where that was. Was that an open shop? It's yeah. Like in the middle of the day. Yeah, it was in the middle of the... Yeah, it's pretty wild, but I, I'm i going to go ahead and say that um, that this is fun. I'm having a good time. It more happened in the first five minutes of this than all of Don't Look Now. The entirety of Don't Look Now. <laughs> There's a plot. We actually had a background between all three of these people. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Hey. Hey. So, quite a lot has happened. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. The cop, the bad boy. Yeah. He had escaped in the last yeah. the last scene of the last film. And you had mentioned one of the nice things about the Saw movies is that they do a lot of repetition in the sense of they show you what just happened or the transitions of between scenes. You get to actually see what happened last time, but you still don't know what's happening in terms of time period. You know, like, what is happening when? Carrie Elwes, we got to see at the beginning of it, and he was, as he's crawling away, he's from Saw 1, yep. he's cut off his foot, he finds a steam pipe, and he burns his flesh against the steam pipe. Yeah, it cauterizes the wound. Yes, uh, he caught it to cauterize the wound. He is a, a doctor. Yes. So there's that. Um, and then, you know, but we don't see what happens after that. We see the cop sew himself up after releasing himself from his bondage. The woman, uh, the wife, Jill, runs away. Didn't really have a big plan, I guess, to run away. I don't think she ex she didn't expect the cop to survive. No, she didn't. So she went straight to a different cop who, uh, like, who she, like, picked the guy by name, says who the detective is that is the bad boy, and asks for help. Right? Yeah, she wants immunity and protection. Immunity and protection. And then meanwhile, there is a survivor and a survivor's group, which implicates that there's a bunch of people that have survived. So there's a lot of things that we haven't seen, a lot of different types of tests that have been going on that we've not heard, that we've not seen in the film. Yeah. Even though everything's been pretty fucking intricate and woven together in all the films and you get, a, there's not a lot of gaps. So it's like, wow, there's a lot of 
stuff. This yeah. jigsaw guy had a lot of time. He had side hobbies. We just see side the, hobbies. We just see the major ones. The main hobby, like I guess, his major ones are the ones that are all interwoven together. And there's some of them that are just like, oh, this is happening. Now, from I just feel like the one from the very beginning with the actual three saws is in the future. And this stuff is all taking place in the past that we're watching now. We won't know until later. Yeah. So Jill has uh, just had a dream where she's gotten captured and murdered by getting quartered. Yeah. And that was pretty intense. And I was like, damn, are they going to kill her so soon? But she woke up from the nightmare. Yeah. All right. And uh, should we... Oh, and one of the survivors has, is now writing a book and stuff like that. Yeah, doing a book tour. Yeah. And the cop is... Uh, is I think the evil cop is either going after the book tour guy... Or the other cop guy that knows who he is. Well, they haven't said he just burned no. He all of his he stuff. showed a picture. He burned all of his personal. He showed stuff. a picture of the guy who wrote the book. Oh, okay. So that's who he's going to. But the question is: Is he going after the guy who wrote the book now, or was he doing it in the past? Who knows? Let's watch. Okay, this is a quick a quick one. Yeah, that was the garage scene. We got to see the garage scene. And, you know, I'm a little surprised that they thought that that was too graphic. You know, the guy getting pulled apart, arms and jaw, was pretty gross. That was pretty gross. I bet, too, being in 3D, it must have been even more graphic. So, basically, dude's in a car. I guess he and his friends are skinheads or something. They're racist, at least. They're racists. And so, he has to literally... He's glued to a car seat, and the car is on a jack on top of his girlfriend. Behind him is his friend who's got, like, a big like hooking stuff through his mouth and his body parts and in front of him chained to a wall is his other friends his like little racist buddies and so he's got to rip himself off the car seat to press the lever to to save everybody and he almost does it almost so there's a lot of him ripping his own skin off yeah um but then the car falls immediately down and crushes his uh girlfriend in half as he goes running through um, he pulls apart the other friend because he's chained to the back, and then the, uh, and then the third friend he uh, runs right into into the garage wall. Yeah, but you don't see him either. Once he hits that guy into the garage door, he like disappears off the car. Yeah, I guess I don't so. Know if he slid underneath. He's probably the car. still tied. Uh, like he was chained to the door, and the door's still on the ground, so he's probably just Maybe. on the ground. And then he crashes in. They're in a junkyard, so he crashes into another car and goes through a window glass. And now cut to. A uh, grief and support meeting for people who have survived Jigsaw. Through a window glass? A plate glass window? A windshield? A windshield. There you go. Let's go. Well, John, we're down a publicist and a lawyer. Yeah, he's not doing so well. No. So basically, the author man... Yeah. Uh, who was lying about being a jigsaw survivor mm-hmm. uh, has been captured. Yeah, and he finally gets to try to be a jigsaw survivor. Yeah, and so his task is a lot like the last movie, actually, with the um, the the uh, insurance agent had to go through and try to save his team members one by yeah. one, um, and it didn't work out for them very well. And so in this one, he's got to go through and try to save. His, like, publicist, his lawyer, his friend that helped him do the lying, yeah. his, and ultimately and his, his, wife. his wife that that is, like, kind of the crux of things. Like, he's got this wife, and he's supposed to kiss her at the end of every kind of publicity but, thing to show how... But she doesn't know that he's not a 
Jigsaw survivor. I'm not even convinced they're really, really man and wife, but who knows? So maybe she doesn't know that he's not a Jigsaw survivor. Well, she um, doesn't because he said that at the beginning. He's oh, like, okay. The wife that you've been lying to. The wife he's been lying to. So you're correct. And so um, we know that the real Jigsaw, John, right, the real original dude, it sounds like he's the one talking in these things. And he also scoped him out in the beginning in the first place. Yeah. But we also know that he's dead at this time because we know now we have confirmed that what is going on with the garage and with the cop that Jill is working with to try to, like, stop the cop, the bad guy cop guy. We know that that's happening at the same time as this. Yeah, it's all shot, you know, concurrently. Yeah. And we also know that Car- Carrie Eloise is alive. Yep. And he's very creepy. And they even refer to him as the creepy guy with the cane. Yeah, he's, he's just angry. He's very angry. And pretty much a lot of the people that were there at the at the um, group, the, uh, at the, the group, group meeting, support group for the people that have survived Jigsaw, pretty much a lot of them knew that this guy was full of shit. It seemed that way. Yeah. But anyway, so he's just... So on the first one, all he had to do was really easy. For the publicist, he had to pull a fish hook out of her throat. And she just had to not scream. Yeah, but she could not do that. She could not do it. And he's like, you, what, you, why couldn't you just shut the fuck up? So she's dead. And in the next one, he's got to stand inside of a machine and literally bleed for the lawyer. Yep. So, cause the, and so, like, the publicist spoke evil, so her mouth gets, you know, ripped open and stuff. Um, the lawyer saw evil and did nothing. So she gets her eyes and her mouth, everything gets like poked in. And what's being used in these are these like really intense giant needle looking things. Yeah. Which, as you said, must have looked really cool in 3D. Yeah, very blatant shot for 3D shots. Yeah, all he had to do, like, like so it's the whole thing was 60 seconds, but all he had to do was for 30 seconds out of 60 seconds, he had to stop this like machine from going by stepping into a machine that stabbed his kidneys. Yeah, it doesn't look like it was his kidney. And so just his was, side. Yeah, his side. It's no, got, still no got vital important, organs there. Still got important parts. Oh no, just. But he couldn't do it, and uh, and he's not as strong as he thinks he is, because he said that his whole thing was that he had had claws into his pectoral muscles, and he had to pull himself up by the chains and rip out the claws. Yeah, he can't even stand like four things in his side. Yep. Yep. For thirty seconds. Yep. All right, let's go. Saw is good. Yeah. It is so good. It's been quite a while since we recorded, I think, because a lot's been going on. Oh, yeah, probably. And so exactly where we left off is anybody's guess. <laughs> but, okay, so basically, Guy has not been able to save anybody. He was able to rip out his own two teeth. This is like yeah. the, the book guy. And now he makes it, he rips out his own two teeth. He makes his way into um, the last stage of his contest Meanwhile, the cops have, you know, been watching this game, this particular game that's been going on, and they found where it is, and they think that they're there 17 minutes in. They think they still have time to save them, right? Yeah. So he gets to the very end. The wife doesn't understand that the guy, that her husband's been lying about surviving a game, and a part of his lie was that he had been able to hoist himself up by dangling on his own pectoral muscles with hooks through his pectoral muscles. Yeah. And so the dude and the the voice dude says, 
You said that it's possible to hang yourself from your own chest muscles, so now you must go ahead and do it, and for real this time, or whatever. Um, and so the wife has now figured out that he was a liar. He's he's like, I'm going to fix it, baby. And he's got three minutes to put fish hooks, or giant hooks, yeah. into his chest muscles, climb up, and plug in a um, plug in a, an extension cord. Yeah, he designed his own torture. Yeah. Which, all I could think of is that, you know, with those hooks being so convenient, can't you just kind of hook it into the chain and now you've got, like, something to hold on to or something? But then again, I'm not the one going through a torture. Yeah. Yeah. Anywho, I mean, I'm now thinking back, I think there's, like, only one person in all of them has been able to survive partly because of a, a loophole. Yeah. And that was the FBI agent who did survive part of what his thing was. Because he gave himself a tracheotomy. Yep. But the problem with this cop... So we now know the cop is a dirty cop. We already knew he was because that was his first... Um, the first time he went through the jigsaw thing, it was because he was a dirty cop. Yeah. And then he got converted to jigsawism. But <laughs> <laughs> but he's a total asshole. But he has been very tricky. Yeah. Meanwhile, there's been a cop that... they it looks like they wanted Marky Mark... <laughs> yeah. Just like they did Donnie Wahlberg, because they got one in Marky Mark, and so they got this other guy who's like a skinny version of a Wahlberg. Yeah, he's not the greatest. Of not actors, the greatest. But... I mean, the the two cops, the people on the cop side of this are not the greatest of the actors. And but he looks like he's just he's never he's never been a tough guy or never played a tough guy. But he's so yeah. he's overacting as a tough guy. He looks like he's supposed to be the sidekick. Of yeah. the tough guy. He or the not... sidekick cop. So I don't want to say he's a bad actor. I just think this isn't his role. No, no. I mean, I do... I like him. I think he probably could be on a good, like, CW yeah. TV well, show. He does a good job acting, except for when he has to be the badass cop. Yeah. And so he actually has seen the bad guy cop kill someone... And yeah. he has reported him, and then he's been in like, internal affairs and all this stuff like, like that. He did a great job in that scene of being, yes. like, shocked at what was yeah. happening. Yeah, and I will say this. One of the things I love about Saw is that pretty much every character has a background and has a character. And it is like, you see where they're coming from and things. And, like, except for maybe, like, the perfect wife that's here watching. How did you lie to me? Because almost everyone you see is like, you, you know, they've got a story. Yeah. You know, you could tell when they had lunch, you know what I mean? Or, like, you know that that person has a favorite TV show that they watch. Hey, never well, maybe she'll be in uh, Jigsaw and we'll find maybe, out more Maybe, maybe she will be. Maybe she'll survive. So, anyway, um, there's been some doohickeying around and the cop dude has managed to escape. I felt like this was supposed to be a big aha moment. Yeah, well, all the kind of all the pieces fell together. There. Yeah, all the pieces fell together. Now there have been parts of like Jigsaw or of of uh, the Saw movies where I'm just like, oh my fucking god, <laughs> yeah. are you kidding me? Yeah, you know, and that's not even like the first one. Like the first one was good, but like the other ones that they come together, they're so wild, you know. And and I just have been really fascinated that all by all the blues and greens. There's a lot of scenes where things are blue, and then scenes where things are green, and I'm sure there's symbolism to it. But uh, the good cop has just got machine gunned down when he discovered what yeah. really happened. All Breaking Bad. Style. And now they're about to show that the bad cop has been in a body bag this whole time. But you haven't you haven't seen Breaking Bad. No, I didn't watch the final season because I stopped watching after he tried to murder a nine year old, and I was like, you know what, I'm good. 
I was good yeah. after that. Maybe the kid was not nine. He was just a baby. And I was like, I'm good. Yeah. It was like the last episode of the season. Of like the season before last or something. I was like, nope. I enjoyed right. it. And then I was like, oh, his character is just regular evil. He didn't become evil. He just yeah. already was. That's right. And then he just got to become, he got to become himself. Yeah. And so I just was not into that. Oh, well, I think you'd like to finish that season. Maybe one of these days. All right, let's go. <laughs> Hey, John? Yes. I don't think Jill's going to be okay. No. No. But that was a mistake. That was a mistake. So, Evil Cop went Terminator on everybody, (laughs) and he just was very effective at murdering. He killed like nine people in a row. Yeah, he went through and just killed everybody. Yeah. So, of course, the. um, So, to go back to the bookman. He, of course, was incapable of hoisting himself by his own pectoral muscles because... They weren't strong enough to hold his body up while he flexed to try to plug everything back in. Yeah, no, he couldn't uh, plug everything back in. Uh, He couldn't get his little body through a very wide electric fence. Yeah. So he got to watch his, uh, his beloved burn alive. Yeah, I didn't understand why he didn't try to go under that fence. Yeah, but he also gets to live, or maybe he's trapped there forever, because there were a bunch of cops that were there to rescue him, but they did get killed. Yeah, they got locked in, and they got gassed. Yeah. I'm guessing it was chlorine gas. Yeah, Uh, because he's a bad boy. Loki is, like, right in... He's becoming long cat right in front of where you wanted to put your computer. Yeah. And I think that's pretty adorable. I'm not right. So, Jill... uh, Everyone trying to protect Jill got murdered. Yes. And then he put, uh, Bad Cop put a, one of those devices on top of her head, like from the first movie. Yeah, like the reverse bear trap. Yeah, and, uh, and it worked. Yep. And you got to see her tongue lolling out, Jill dies. And then it turns out that, uh, that the cop thought he was alone in, in doing stuff, but... But Carrie Elwes was watching the entire time. He was watching the entire time, and he had one job. Yeah, if anything happened to Jill, he would act quickly and swiftly. And go into a special place. So basically, there's two people helping Carrie Elwes, all in pig masks. They capture the cop at the last minute, even though he was so Billy Badass and everything. They capture him, and then they put him to where Kelly Elwes lost his foot. Yeah, in the famous bathroom scene. In the famous bathroom scene. And there's also a... Uh, uh, two dead bodies in there because there's another fellow. Yeah. I think that Marky or Mikey Mark's brother, Johnny Wahlberg, ended up in there, right? Oh, I can't. remember. Isn't that where he died? I can't remember. They brought it. It was a few movies ago. Yeah, someone, some. It was like a culmination of the scene, and then Do Dad died inside of there. Yeah, because I saw this was the fourth of the seven movies that had a scene in that bathroom. I gotta tell you, such a good thing. And then it kind of the nice thing about it is it doesn't seem like something that's ham fisted. It's like. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because, like, Doodad was dying of cancer. Carrie always kind of became his disciple afterwards, and he was the one doing the creepy surgeries on on people. Yeah. It's just so amazing, but it still doesn't quite answer to me how, in the beginning, they were able to do a saw contraption with three saws in the middle of a busy city. Unless if that was, like, uh, say, an abandoned storefront, and there was curtains over the 
display, mm-hmm. like the front screen. Yeah, maybe not abandoned. Maybe it's just a place that... Because nor- it seemed pretty centralized, but maybe, maybe they a, often have curtains and then display it or well, something. maybe it was just like a Kmart that closed. Yeah, and that's they had, true. you know, stuff covering the windows, and they set it up and pulled yeah. the curtains down and walked away. I mean, the windows are definitely, in this one, like, they must have been bulletproof or something like that, but yeah. it was... Uh, so they could have been... It could have looked like construction. Yeah, I guess I would have liked a little... <laughs> If I'm going to critique the film, which I loved it. It was great. Very lot, Lots of things. So much more happened in here than the last movie we saw. Yeah. But if I was going to critique it, I would say that it, maybe it did happen and I just missed it. I liked it in the other ones when they have the crazy thing happen in the beginning. There's always the callback to that thing at some point. Yeah. And so it's like I, want, I was kind of waiting to figure out, like, is that happening now like is the thing that happened in the beginning the thing that bookends the movie but no, that I was think, I think they just wanted the police alert kind of thing so they were on yeah. guard from the beginning I can definitely understand why you why you're saying that this was originally supposed to be two more movies and then they cut it up into into one yeah because it definitely like I don't think I think that there's a there is a little bit of a difference between this one and like the previous movies and I think the biggest one is that like, every scene in the previous movies, like, nothing is ever wasted. I don't think there was a lot of wasted scenes in this at all, or any at all, but I think that the connective tissue was a little bit less present because of so much that had to get cut. Yeah. Like, I could totally see why this would have been two different movies. Yeah. But uh, what would you rate this Jigsaw movie? I really liked it, even though it's, like, the lowest rated one, like, across the board. Yeah. Um, I... I think it was missing something by not being in 3D. Yeah. Because a lot of the scenes were shot for the effect of 3D, so those kind of were, like, awkward and flat. Mm-hmm. I'd give it a 7 out of 10. I think that's interesting. I'm Just to do a quick Brewer's Brews here, oh. um, I'm drinking a little bit of Guinness. I'm getting over a cold. And Guinness is mother's milk, and I'm I'm being naughty. Since I've been sick, I've been drinking from your Tell Em Steve Dave Four Colored Demons glass. Oh. Usually I sleep, I drink from the other one. My R&H beer your glass. Your R&H beer glass. Hashtag. Uh, well, I'll have to throw that on the Brewer's Brews because we cannot get R&H beer here. Maybe that, but, Maybe if like they fell off a pickup truck and yeah, they just uh, ended up here. That'd be wonderful. Next time we're traveling out east, we got to find some somewhere. Yeah, I think that, that that's definitely doable. I'm going to go to New Jersey, go see my friends in Delaware and, and Pennsylvania. Once this whole pandemic thing slows down. Yeah. Who knows? Anyway. Pandemic? What? What's going on? Schmandemic <laughs> pandemic. Okay, so let's see this trailer. Oh, you gotta set it up. Trailer for what? The, we are watching Jigsaw 2017. This is 10 years later? Decade, when did the last one says, come out? This has been, oh, the last one came out in 2010. 2010, so it's been seven, seven years since... But it says it's been over a decade since Jigsaw died. Yeah. So, here's the trailer. Well, yeah, he died like three movies ago or yeah. something. <laughs> Jigsaw official trailer. Ooh, lady running in the woods. It's a cool lady running. Lots of people just standing there, ooing on. They seeing something. Oh no! Dude's hanging from a ridge. Oh no! Scary. Twisted pictures. Okay, pause it for a second. 
I would like to just point out that already this movie looks so much better because the movie that we just saw lost a lot of the quality of the film itself, I think, from being in 3D. Yeah, I and can so see that. yeah, so it's like just straight up less quality of like the picture. To th- this 2017 film already just is back to that like higher resolution because the thing about Jigsaw movies is they're very well directed and like the cinematography is really cool and like everything in the scene is important and yeah. so just from this first part in the first 30 seconds I'm like yeah this looks like a beautiful movie okay can't be Jigsaw someone has a Jigsaw oh. composal piece out of their face. Well, someone had a jigsaw Ooh, cut yeah. in the skin like the original. Oh, a bunch of people stuck in helmets inside of a room. They're getting pulled into actual jigsaws. Excellent. Still using the little playmy things, the, yeah. the old-timey. Micro I mean, how are they finding so many of them? You can buy micro cassettes they still, at Do they make them new now? Yeah. People use them for dictation a lot. There's so few people that have been in more than one jigsaw movie because they just have to die in the next one. Oh my goodness. Wow, it's going to be a big... We're going to get to see a whole room full of people. Got the creepy pig masks. I like the pig masks. Yeah. That's nice. Uh Uh-oh, were those COVID vaccines? (laughs) No, this was 2007. Maybe this was what caused COVID. Oh, maybe. Ooh, boy. Someone's been putting the DNA of their departed John Kramer... Oh no, someone's throwing things in there. Oh no, they're gonna die! October 27th is when this came out. It's good. Oh no! Oh boy, what a fun and exciting thing. It's like a whole group of people. It's a lot of blades. It's a lot of blades, but it seems like it's gonna, it's gone back to like the roots. People are being ripped into things. Ooh, oh. Is there gonna be a dude on a little tricycle? Yay! How do they do that? Such good. (laughs) <laughs> Looks like there's going to be a little humor. Oh my god, I can't wait to watch this. So this is Jigsaw. Yep. So I am so excited. I remember when this came out. And I think I was outside of my phase of being like, man, this is not fun because blah, blah, blah. But I had just like finished my PhD so I was, like, not in the right space to enjoy anything. I literally, it, I've been, like, for example, keeping track of how many books I read for the last few years. And the PhD killed my love of reading. And it's really, like, in the last year and a half, I've been doing a concerted effort to try to read more every year. And this year, it's like, as soon as I got married, I've been able to read and enjoy myself again. Nice. You did it, John. Yay, I'm good for something. You helped me love reading again. Well, that is very exciting. Can we go back to the reviews for the Saw movie we just watched? Um, yes. Okay, so because I would like to see what people didn't like about this Saw movie. Because the one that said it was like, okay, the Saw is Saw movie. But what, okay, I get it get off my dick and explain to me what is actually wrong. So we're at the 10% tomatoes. Yep. Okay, let's hear some. It's the kitchen sink chapter. Okay. Which means it had everything. Okay. This one was a negative review, but said it's only fair to point out that Saw 3D is probably the best installment since the third one. Nevertheless, it plays like a film in a series that is ready to be laid to rest. Okay. 
I mean, it's called the final chapter, but okay. So this has a conclusion to the original run of movies. Saw the final chapter mostly lands with a whimper, colliding predictable fan service with goofy traps and atrocious production values. Goofy traps? I mean, I it's Saw. So. Yeah. I didn't really see anything that was any particularly goofy, but uh It's a Saw 3D is the seventh Saw I've seen and maybe the sickest, which is exactly what I <laughs> said about Saw 6. <laughs> okay. Another thin Saw franchise ins- installment. Fans of the series will find plenty of the same horrors to <coughs> enjoy, but the film furthers the series' decline into mediocrity. Mediocrity. I think it's like if you don't enjoy oh, here we go. weird, gory puzzles, you're not going to like yeah. it. The novelty is worn off and familiarity is kicked in as the creators show no signs of deviating from a well-worn formula. Now it's the police academy of its style. Why would you want to... Like, that's the point of the movie is to have over-the-top puzzles, you know, yeah. and gore. Yeah. So why would you change it? You wouldn't be a Saw movie. You'd mm-hmm. be a different movie. I enjoyed it. You know what I thought was interesting? So. In the first, and this is probably what was missing, right? Because they weren't able to do as many callbacks and things because it was supposed to be two movies. But they really emphasized in this first scene, right? So there were people that had to save themselves. They had to make a decision about their lives, recognize what was toxic in their life, and save themselves from it, right? Yeah. And in the, the group of uh, survivors... That's what they're talking about, right? When they have to make the decision to save themselves. But the issue, I mean, I guess what was missing is, like, it makes sense at the end we see Carrie Elwes, and I guess we can assume that the other two people in Pigmas are also survivors that are doing these things willingly. Yeah, I would think so. Right? And so I feel like there ought to, like, they missed, because it was truncated... There, there are these plot threads that were not really dropped. They just usually you would see these little parts of it that would just blow your mind. Now, a part of the thing, though, I think they're complaining about or whatever, is that, like, the things that have been going on in this, the things that, like, at the end when we see Carrie always and we find out that he is the, you know, mastermind or part of it at all, like... They've been leading to this. Like, there is episode three or four or whatever, uh, movie three or four, they have parts of it where someone is sending a document to someone, and it turns out it was to him, and it makes sense why. And you see him writing things that you wondered where where did these written things come from. Yeah. Right? So it really is remarkable to me that this can all come together, and I do think that of the Saw movies... I think this one's the most limited, and it and it sounds like it's limited by just the fact that it it got truncated. Yeah, and then it looks like this story is not continued in Jigsaw because Carrie Elwes is not in it. Mm. The scary cop guy is not in it. Okay. I think I don't recognize. I mean, Tobin Bell is in it, of course, because he kind of has to be. He's Jigsaw, mm-hmm. even if they just reference him and show a picture, yeah. he's going to come up in the cast. But I don't know any of these people. There's a couple yeah. of names that sound familiar for some reason. Christine Simpson? The name sounds familiar, but I don't know why. She's oh, a- she's a hockey reporter. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, why do I know why this is name? She's just this random person. Now, I wonder, though, if you think about it. So he's been helping Jigsaw, and he had one job, which was to do something if Jill dies. Because if Jill dies... That means that that cop guy has gone nuts. Right? 
<clears throat> Though I think that the husband probably could have done a little bit better job of saving his wife. Yeah, I think so, too. But that's kind of not his bag. You have to, like, suffer on your own or whatever. And I also think that he knew that that cop guy was a murderer. And he wasn't really... Like, he didn't really change. No. You know what I mean? No, he still he was is a piece an, of trash. Yeah, he's an asshole. Well, uh, I, I had a really good time. What was your grossest corner? Let's go back to the... Christ. To our roots. That's tough on Saw. Yeah. Like... It's all pretty gross. Yeah. I know mine. Okay, well, you do yours first. I gotta think about <laughs> so, it. So, uh, the skinheads, one, the one that got uh, glued to the to the seat and had to rip it off. Yeah. It was pretty gross. Of all oh. the ones that were gross, I thought, to me, that was pretty gross. I th- what I like, the little touch that I found that was great and gross at the same time. Yeah. Was when the cop got to Jill... And shot the other cop in the eye. Yeah. And his brains were, like, stuck to the jail cell Yeah, bars. and it was, like, the next couple scenes that those brains were just there. Yeah, that, I mean, that was a nice... <laughs> so good. Nice got, touch. Whoever does continuity in the Saw movies, they must... I, their brains must be so full of wrinkles. I mean, like, <laughs> like it's so complicated. Yeah, I would say that's the grossest part because it was uh, such a subtle touch that yeah. was, like... Their radar? <laughs> it's just like, John, is that that guy's brains? Like, they open the door and it's just dangling from the cell doors. <laughs> like, that is great. We're all pink on the inside, right, John? Yep. Well, what we saw the preview for the next movie, and and so we're going to be watching Jigsaw. Yep. I'm very excited about it. I'm going to be rec- uh, editing this video. Well, I'm going to be editing this podcast. Yeah, it's not a video. It's not a video. No. We didn't film it. We, well... No, no, I didn't film it. And then you know what else I'm going to do? Uh, no. Watch a lot of Stardew... Or not watch Stardew Valley. I'm going to play Stardew Valley. I've been replaying. I started a new farm. Oh, wonderful. I'm pretty excited about it. Um, and what are you going to do? I'm going to take a citation quiz. Ooh, that's pretty fun. You're doing yeah. pretty good in your English class, huh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you're... Well, I think you're pretty cute. And handsome. Well, uh, we told them about our house, and we told them about the movie we're going to watch. I think the only thing left to do is to uh, do a couple things. Uh, Stay scared. And stay married. Goodbye. Hi there. Trish here. John and I are so glad you've decided to listen to this episode. To contact us, please email uptoandincludingdeath at gmail.com or hit us up on our socials, uptoandid at just about everywhere, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and that's uptoandid, and that too is the number two. If you have a moment, it'd be great if you can review us on iTunes as long as it's five stars. (laughs) Thank you to Stefan Kartenberg for the use of his song Fire and Ice in the intro and outro in the middle of our program. Uh, Fire and Ice is a rock mix by Stephen Kartenberg, copyright 2017, licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you. Goodbye.